I'm Troy Washington from KTBS3, and we welcome you to Education Checkup. We look forward to sharing the positives and the challenges of our local schools. We will talk with education leaders, teachers, and community leaders, letting our community know what is happening and talking about ideas to share between schools in our community. We will have new episodes every Monday, and you can find KTBS Education Checkup wherever you listen to podcasts. So let me go ahead and introduce my co-host, Dr. Philip Roseman. Dr. Roseman, we're old friends at this point, but you have been very active in education for like 25 years. And people may not know that because you're a doctor, but you really believe that education is a gateway to the American dream. Tell me about it. Because I believe it is, because it was for me. Um, education just creates opportunity for people. Uh, my parents have believed in it and from the beginning. Uh, and we pass it on to our children, and I hope it gets passed along to our grandchildren and our next generations. It's up to us. Um, I learned early on in my life in healthcare that healthcare and education are very similar sectors because we both take care of individuals with individual needs uh, and individual choices. Uh, so I uh, had took what I learned in healthcare. Uh, being a leader in performance improvement at Willis-Knighton, I took that and looked and see is what can we learn from that uh, in school improvement. So that's why I'm here. Uh, there's no doubt that I believe that education is the key to our future as a community, both our economics and the quality of life that people live here. And that's why I believe it's so, so important to talk about it. Um, that's why I was really happy uh, when George Servant here at KTBS3 came and asked me about this idea about education checkup that we're going to do a, uh, do a video cast on today. And the reason is that it gives us an opportunity to share some of the positive things that are going on, as well as talk about some of the challenges that we have in education, uh, and, and to share those with those around us. And I, firmly believe that educators in looking at this video cast will be able to learn from each other. Uh, and I hope that's what, what happens too. So Troy, with that said, I can guarantee you this, that we're going to learn a lot today. I mean, we got some good guests. Yes, yes. I mean, <laughs> the, we have today the leadership of North Caddo High School uh, in the north part of our, our uh, parish and uh, Vivian. Um, I first went to North Caddo about six or seven years ago. That was before the pandemic. And the reason was I was working with the Alliance for Education and we were looking at some of the schools that had made tremendous improvement on their school performance scores. And North Caddo was definitely one of those schools and made huge positive improvement. So I went because I wanted to see what it is that was going on. There was no doubt in my mind there was a tremendous culture there and a tremendous discipline there in North Caddo. And there were some things that you were doing that were out of the box, uh, were innovative, and I think you've continued to do that. And so that's why we're so glad to, to have you today uh, to talk about some of those things. But before we talk about those innovations, um, uh, let me just introduce you because I haven't, uh, but this is Annie Cherry uh, and Miss Arbuckle, principal and assistant principal at North Caddo. Mm -hmm. And I think you can bring us some enlightenment on, on some of these issues. And I, first I wanna talk about across the big picture, which is 
uh, the big picture is in rural education, it's often difficult. There's a whole lot of difficulties there, uh, and there's this whole lot of importance that a school has for a community. Could you talk a little bit about what the school in a rural community means to, to that community? Oh, I think it means everything, and uh, they've been so proud of us for what we've been able to do and proud of the students. And when you visited, um, we had made great gains in our school performance scores, and since then we've made even greater gains. But, um, you know, we just have to have the buy-in, and uh, the community's bought into what we are doing, and students have bought in, and they um, are dreaming big. That's our motto, dream big, work hard, achieve greatness. And so we kind of live, eat, and breathe it. The uh, North Caddo's been there for a while. How, how old is the North Caddo High School? In the 50s, 57, I believe. I'm sure somebody will correct us, but I think it's 1957. Yeah, and uh, the school has gone through tremendous changes over mm -hmm. the years, uh, as has Vivian. I have a friend who was once the mayor of Vivian, Steve Taylor, who's also oh. a physician I know very well. Mm -hmm. And he would tell me how important it was to have great education yes. in the community and I know he worked on it for many mm -hmm. many many years uh, and is so proud uh, of what y'all done uh, it's been a North good supporter County. yeah um, let me uh, just ask you about something you wrote to me mm -hmm. when we talked about having this was about that you think about every day what these students are going to be mm -hmm. where they're going to be when they're 21 mm -hmm. where they're going to be when they're 25. tell me a little bit about how that perspective works and how you've gotten that into the school well i don't know when it happened or when it started but i just started seeing these kids grow up and uh you know they're 17 16 17 18 now and i think well what are they going to be doing at 21 what are they going to be doing at 25 and um, what are we doing now to help propel that? And so I have the conversation with them. What do you see yourself doing at 21 or 25? And how can we help you now? Um, you know, it's some people think, well, you're just, uh, to choose a career now is just too early. How many times have we um, changed our careers? But it's not about locking them in. It's about getting them to think about things that they're wanting to do. And then, okay, so let's, every elective, let's make sure that it's geared to um, that that's gonna help you get in a position where your resume looks better, where if, if someone's looking at resumes, yours stands out because you've had all these experiences and you've had all these um, electives or these classes that gear toward that, toward auto and welding. And we, we are fortunate to be able to do that at our campus because of our career areas that we have. Well, talk about that a little bit more. I mean, mm -hmm. that is a truly, uh, as I saw it, mm -hmm. one of the major differentiators of what you're doing in a lot of other places uh, is this connection between school and career and work uh, that's required. Talk about some mm -hmm. of the things that you've done, how that got started, you know, how, what you're doing now, how it's expanded. Mm -hmm. Just talk to us a little bit about that school career, and both of you. Well. Uh I think there's always been a career component there because they're so far, we're so far away from Career Center and Career Center's a wonderful place, but our kids can't go there. And so um, they've uh, redone our um, auto and welding shop. It's state of the art, it's beautiful. Our culinary arts labs, fantastic. 
Um, and then we're all able to offer IT and business. And now um, Ms. Arbuckle's worked really well with uh, getting an education. We got pre-educator pathway there as well. So, so oh, and then I'm sorry. And, and we partner oh, with Louisiana Tech for that. Mm -hmm. um, but we just recently started partnering um, also with the Northwest Louisiana Technical College that's on North Market. Um, they're coming out and, and talking to our students about doing some classes their senior year that are in the welding that we're, we're doing on the high school campus, then expanding that to be dual enrolled there at Northwest Louisiana Technical Co Community College. Now, Ms. Arbuckle, you told us that you've been doing this for four years as an assistant principal Correct. there. Mm -hmm. So kind of tell us about that journey. I know that that entailed through the pandemic. Mm -hmm and beyond and how you continue to help these students achieve excellence and just be great. I love that motto, by the way. <laughs> I'm gonna write that down for myself. We um, did go through the pandemic together. So my first year at North Cato was during COVID. And so um, it was kind of a scary time for everyone there. Um, a lot of the challenges for us as a rural school had to do with the internet connectivity for our students. Um, our students were taking AP exams just like anyone else was, but they actually would come into the parking lot of our school to connect to our internet to be able to make sure they could take the AP exams. Um, so that was a, a challenge for us. Um, we've also been through a um, change with our mascot together, and so we had that. We've gone back to school with AB days. Um, and then this year we started something new um, where we're trying to make it more accessible to our students to be able to have the opportunities to do dual enrollment and to do work and internships. Um, our students, if they're gonna go and do an internship somewhere at a, a place that's not our local hospital, if it's someplace in town, it takes them at least 30 minutes to get there. So we kind of changed our work schedule, our school schedule to try to accommodate for them to have greater opportunities to come into town have an opportunity to work with somebody who can help them propel in their career path, and then also be able to come back and do their academics like they need to. Tell us a little bit about dual enrollment. Just what is it and how you see it as part of your, uh, what's going on at, at North Carolina? Well, she's the guru, so. <laughs> so. So the dual enrollment is something that I've really tried to pick up for our students there. We noticed that our students wanted to go and take college classes, but again, to get into town and go to LSUS or go to Bipsy, it just would take them 30 minutes, 45 minutes to get into town. So several schools have now picked up with us um, that we partner with for lots of classes. Um, they can take them just about any college you can think about. Um, we can partner with them and they do their classes online and have a teacher on the campus who's teaching them while they're on our campus. And so students come and say, hey, I'm interested in doing HVAC. Well, we can try to get them on that pathway to do that. So you have teachers that take up the dual enrollment and, and do the dual enrollment with the professors, not professors that come necessarily. Professors do not come to our school. Yeah. We do have some of our teachers that do work as the professor in the classroom, and then we also have it where some professors are on their campus at the, col at the college level, and they will do it by internet with us. Now, something that Dr. Roseman and I were always talking about on this podcast is the teacher shortage, and it sounds like you guys are kind of creating ways to kind of get some of these students on that track, and you guys love it, so I mean, mm -hmm. you're passing that passion along, so just kind of tell us about how this is going to help with that, and maybe to get some of those teachers in the door and get some people to really appreciate education, you know? Well, uh, before Ms. Arbuckle came, she, she doesn't know these young ladies, but we have actual teachers that came through the program that are teaching now uh, at an elementary school. And 
really partnered with our librarian who's a phenomenal teacher and she teaches the teaching professions. Um, and now they do dual enrollment through tech mm -hmm. um, to get, I guess, nine credit hours. In one year. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have some students who are on track to get an associate's degree and um, a couple of them will get it in early childhood education and then go straight to education. So it is always exciting to to see them uh, come back home. And we have a couple of, well, several young <laughs> teachers on our campus that went through North Caddo are now teaching with us. And so wow. that's- So they've come back and, mm -hmm. and, and gotten in the school yeah. system there in Vivian. And there's nothing more satisfying okay. and fulfilling to, than to see that. Let me ask you about military. I've always, you know, that that's a place where people can get mm -hmm. right out of high school and, and then de and develop their education mm -hmm. greater and then serve our country. Do you have any connections or things that you're doing in order to kind of prove on connecting kids mm -hmm. with military? Well, our recruiters are always there and so helpful. People love to see them come and, and they are willing to do whatever. They, they told Ms. Arbuckle, hey, we, we'll sub in the class. We're available to sub <laughs> and you don't have to pay us. So um, fantastic recruiters. Um, they're not pushy. They're just there to support. And then our JROTC is phenomenal about working with students. and. But that's an option, that's an option we always tell the kids and many of them have taken that up and we're so proud of that as well. You know, one of the big things in every school but uh, is uh, about students beginning to understand the importance of education mm -hmm. um, because sometimes they don't or they, maybe their family didn't have a long education career and so they don't really know where to go, what to do. Um, how do you build this idea where it's of the importance of education in your kids uh, at North Caddo? Well, it's a battle every year, um, but I think that they know we expect excellence from them. We expect uh, greatness from them, and we just don't give up and we don't give in. And what are you going to do? And let's take this. And like, why are you taking this when when you should take this? And it's just constant conversations. And we're. Um, blessed to be able to do that. We're a small mm -hmm. school and we know every kid and uh, they know that they can't hide in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> they will get them and we'll talk to them about the opportunities and uh, it's but we just keep on keeping on. We have to. Let's just let's talk about the innovation, the new innovation. Mm -hmm. okay? mm -hmm. Y'all have been innovating all along and and now you're looking at a, at a, a new thing that you're I think try, uh, working to pilot or doing right now. We're right in the middle of it. Called four by four by four. <laughs> um, I'll, you know, it's four days a week and it's four by four blocks. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, I don't know a whole lot about how you're doing this. So talk to us first a little bit about this idea of four day a week school mm -hmm. rather than five day a week school. The benefits, the potential challenges, what have y'all seen or how do you see this uh, uh, coming about? Uh, well, can I start with how we, it came about? Yes, that'd be great. Well, the, um, the leadership team, there's four of us, and two teachers went to a conference. It was actually a literacy conference. I'm not sure we really knew that that's what it was, but it was professional development, and it was an opportunity for us to go. And there was a leader there that was given um, like a leadership breakout. And so during that breakout, the, the speaker was talking about um, creating a spot where people just want to be. Teachers, students, everyone that just just almost dying to get there, you know, and we're like, and it just really hit home. And at lunch, I was thinking, what, how in the world, you know, how do we create, we're 
we're really far away, it seems like. Anybody who ever comes to visit says, my God, I never knew how far you were. And it doesn't seem very far to us, but um, how in the world can we create a spot where they're just knocking on the doors to get? And uh, just, we were on the concrete, uh, sitting around, having lunch, and I said that. I said, how in the world can we do this? And Ms. Arbuckle was the one that said, well, you know, there's a trend going around of a four-day school week. I said, what? That will never happen. And then when she said that, the others started, well, it could happen. Let's happen. So honestly, I have to be honest, I'm the first one that said, hmm, they will never go for that. So the more they were talking and the more they were just dreaming big right there at lunch, I said, well, if we do this, uh, we, have to have, we have to go to block. If we're going to a four-day school week and a longer extended day, we're going to the block because we feel that that is such, that's, that's very good for our kids. Um, so what is the block? The block is where you double block like an English or a math and they're taking it in one semester. So oh. they're finishing a class in one semester and starting a new class in the second semester. And we hadn't done that in a long, well, we've never really done it that way. Um, so it just creates more opportunities uh, for them to get their cores together, get their cores done, get more electives in, opportunities for them to, we've got probably double the uh, students who are now going to work in the afternoons, um, triple maybe taking dual I enrollment. I think it's tripled our dual enrollment yeah. um, participation for that, which was one of our goals. Um, and in that, these kids aren't taking English with algebra. They may take English in the fall, algebra in the That's spring, right. it's also lightening the academic load for them. So when you block it, yes, they're in there longer, but they're only in there half the year, and then they can take something else more difficult in the spring again. From and, and they're connecting up these, these classes are sort of connected, right, in, in a way? Are they, are... Um, well, how you guys are pairing them in the square, yeah, I, I guess is what he's saying, that it seems to be working a little bit better when do they connect in any way or how are you picking which courses they'll take? Well, if, if you think about it, and we're on a modified block, I don't mean to make this any more difficult, but okay. um, a traditional <laughs> four by four is kind of what Bozier does. Um, they'll take four classes in the, in the fall, four classes in the spring with a total of eight credits they can get. So they may take English and math and then a couple of electives and then in the spring they'll take social studies or science in a couple of electives instead of it all at the same time all year long. Ours is a modified where uh, we have some that are running all the way through, um, like our, our music has to do that because we have a tenor it's come and they couldn't devote two, two hours so they'll devote an hour, but most of our cores are blocked. So we have a student taking um, English 3, she was on track to graduate uh, English 3 and then she'll take English 4 second semester and can actually graduate early. And so uh, they, they can actually con connect, if they got behind for one reason oh, or another, mm -hmm. this allows children the opportunity to graduate with their Class. classes, That's correct. Mm -hmm. you know, even if maybe they got sick or if there was some That's problem right. that occurred, uh, gives you a little leeway That's exactly uh, right. in how to make the uh, graduation. That's right. And, well, and, having, and having gone through COVID, some of these kids that are coming up, also feel like they're in a deficit a little bit and it's giving us a little bit more time of math um, and a little bit more time of English for some of our students that might feel like gosh I'm just not ready 
for the high school course, well, we can in their freshman year give them a little bolster to their academics before they actually get into the algebra uh, or the English one. So they can kind of catch their breath without feeling under too much pressure mm -hmm. because that was a big thing coming out of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that mentally the students mm -hmm. are fine and the mm -hmm. teachers are fine. And as an entire unit, everyone's able to uh, accomplish that excellence that you mm -hmm. guys and greatness that you guys are hoping to achieve. So. How did, how, works. how did the teachers respond to the longer day or the longer <laughs> class and keep, you know, being able to hold attention for that long? Did, were there some new ways of doing that, you know, that they learned? Or? Yes, and they've been rock stars transitioning, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, they were definitely all for the four-day school week, uh, and then we said, do you understand, though, that it's a longer day? It's a longer school day. Our first bell rings at 745. Our last bell rings at 427. Um, and you will keep them not for 54 minutes, but now for 114 minutes. And there's a break in between. We've, we've built a bell schedule to where it's a natural break. I'm just a little dismayed that nobody thought of this when I was in school. <laughs> <laughs> you would have liked that. That sounds huh? great. <laughs> and most of the, sounds like it works most too. Most of the students mm -hmm. have really um, bought into it. One said, well, that's a long math class. Yes, we know, oh. we know, but there is, there's some breaks there. Um, and then they're getting used to it. Um, Did the community, were there any discussions or concerns about, you know, now that's one day that the children are not in mm -hmm. school Friday and how the parents revolved around that? Mm -hmm. Did, were you able to build some sort of capacity mm -hmm. to allow that sort of thing for that's their work? Question. Yeah. Well, we're off on Mondays. We go Tuesdays through Friday okay. um, for a variety of reasons. One. Uh, Fridays are game days, but also Mondays were, or Fridays were PD days. And so kids are already kind of off on a Friday. We just, we had to find the instructional minutes. And so we just could not miss more than, than really. We had to start early too with elementary middle. But um, they're, they're, they were concerned. I think it was going very fast. Um, we tried to get the word out. Um, you know, it was just fast. We hadn't talked about it before they left because this really transpired. Our conference was in April, and then we presented the first time mid-May, and so it moved very, very fast. And so they were concerned with, what does this look like? And so we, we brought them in, as many that would come to our meetings, and explained it, had individual conversations with them. And we're high school, really, so they, don't, they weren't worried, really, about what we're going to do uh, with them on Mondays. Yeah. Um, we're really excited, because uh, what we thought about, you know, if our students were still in school from 3.30 to 4.30, what about the siblings if they were to go home to the siblings to have to babysit? Well, we have a teaching professions class, eighth hour, that is an after school program. So they come to that and they're getting real, real world experience with their, with all these little kids come in and they give them a snack and do their homework. And, and then when the bell rings, they all go home just with their big sisters. Are oh, there are there teachers? Uh, teachers' children are coming. Yeah. So. And how are you feeling about it? Do you feel good about how it's it's unfolding? Uh, uh, unexpected things or everything looks. You like guys have some great things well. going on. Uh, it has been great, honestly. Um, the, just the little things that we couldn't see coming, uh, or the you know how our J campus system works with the four by four, because no one else in the parish is on there, so. But central office has been phenomenal in, in helping us fix these things. Um, the closer we kind of get to uh, testing in December, because we're not used to testing in December, we used to go in the whole year, mm -hmm. the, ner the more nervous I get a little bit. I mean, um, this is new, uh, the pacing is new. 
Uh, we just realized a week ago it was uh, nine weeks had already gone yeah. because and then if students are absent they're not missing just one day they're really missing two hours of instruction yeah. so um, that's we're really trying to tackle attendance well, let me just close our conversation and talk about just a couple of other things um, first we talked a little bit throughout this about parental engagement and how you dealt with parents and then community engagement mm -hmm. and how you deal with the community can you Give us some thoughts about how you see building parent engagement and building community engagement in your school. When you say community, I think of job opportunities. I think our students need some job opportunities, and they do employ our kids. But um, on Mondays, I would love to see uh, more area businesses pulling them in for internships or just you know some extra money working a few times a, uh, a few hours a day kind of thing and that's just us getting that word out there and this is what we need and um, this is what we'd like to see um, as far as parents just um, you know they're they're always wonderful um, the dual enrollment opportunities the career opportunities they they want their students to have those too and so I think uh, they rely on us to make that happen and I hope we do that this has been a fantastic conversation and uh, I think we've learned a lot. I have enjoyed this thoroughly. <laughs> now, you got to give me that motto one last time before we wrap up this show. Dream big, work hard, achieve greatness. And on that note, we will have new episodes every Monday and you can find KTBS Education Checkup wherever you listen to podcasts.